Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Once again, Ted Linhart and Garrett Eisler with you. And today we are talking about season two, episode 14 called And Leave the Greyhound to Us because it has a question mark at the end of it, which I actually never noticed until doing the research for this podcast. Did you notice? Did you, I don't know how much you're paying attention, but did you notice the I, question mark? Uh, I, I don't believe I even read the title, but uh, no, I, I had no idea. And I don't have any idea why it would be other than it's some kind of pun, you know, on which you, I'm sure you'll explain. Yes, I guess so. But I, yeah, I don't get the question mark. Okay. So before we'll talk about the episode, Garrett will give us a little rundown on the writers. Oh, well, I should say before that, this episode is, uh, I think, only available on DVD. I don't believe it is available streaming and the services that provide the odd couple, which is CBS All Access and Hulu. Yes. Okay. So this is, you remember last time, Ted, we had an episode that aired on Christmas Eve. Yes. 1971. And that was really interesting how you said that, you know, that would probably not happen today, that the network would assume no one would be sitting around watching sitcoms. But there are always people sitting around. It's for the lonely people. Let's, let's, let's admit it. And the kids. Well, no, not on Christmas Eve. What is your anyway, point then about this? My one? point is this one is one week later, and so guess what night? Oh, uh, wait, I wait. Hold on, Halloween. Close. New Year's Eve. <laughs> New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy-one. You could watch your new odd couple and go to your New Year's Eve party and ring in nineteen seventy-two. So, and it's an episode, of course, that has you know, unlike today when. They try to rig the seasons to well, be topical. There is an odd couple episode all about New Year's on Eve. New Year's Eve, and it, which well, I, we'll we'll see if that. I one doubt aired. that aired on New Year's Eve. We'll yeah, get to yeah, that yeah. eventually. Yeah, but this one has nothing to do. So the writers behind it. Yes. Well, there is a single writer credited Martin Cohen or Co- spelled Cohan, like George M. But there doesn't seem to be any relation. Um, he is a writer. This was, Odd Couple was one of his first series that he worked for. He's a bit younger than some of the other writers we've uh, encountered here. And he only wrote two Odd Couple episodes, uh, but he went on actually to do a lot more uh, in the, into the later 70s and 80s. He did a lot of Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, uh, but then into different strokes, Silver Spoons. I mean, we're talking iconic 80s sitcoms and even who's the boss so that's how far his career extended but it all started with the odd couple so we uh so we should just of course mention that the title is based on the very famous greyhound bus slogan this is an episode about greyhounds and leaving the driving to us which began in 1956 and actually is still used today in some form so we open up on a quick shot of the New York City skyline, which it's unclear if it's dawn or dusk, because it could be either. We do find out it's dawn based on what we hear later in the, uh, in the dialogue. From there, we cut to a close-up of poker chips in a pile on the dining room table. And by the way, I did not notice this. That dining room table for this episode and maybe others has a custom green felt cover that looks like a real 
casino poker table cover, which means that Oscar or Felix had commissioned for their – it must have been Oscar, right, because he lived there longer – for his kitchen table, a felt cover or Blanche did it? Oscar would never think of doing that. Oscar wouldn't care. Well, it so, is – this. It, it could be the sign of a serious poker player, which is that, you know, you want the reason the casinos have it is you have that felt uh, for sliding the cards smoothly. Um, and maybe it was maybe a gift or maybe it wasn't no, custom. I, I would think if it was, if you may be right, I, we have to now do research on whether it shows up in the other episodes or maybe even in a movie, but it would be, a, to me, it would be a sign of a serious poker player that at some point, if he was serious about hosting poker games, he would have gotten such a thing perhaps secondhand, perhaps not expensive. Maybe but that, it had it to there. fit the table. It had to fit the table. Oh. I'm saying it's well, custom. <laughs> okay. You're, you're developing an interesting backstory to yes. the felt uh, table cover. And by the way, I, I look, this felt, this felt cover, this felt, it's not a, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of wood with felt on it that, that lies on top of the table. It's not, the, the table later does not have that cover. Okay. okay, we're only going to do, listeners, we're only going to do 20 more minutes on this, and then we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, so uh, from there, we see cards being played on the, cover, on, the, uh, on the table. There's a kings and tens with an ace kicker, which is what we hear. The first person we see in the episode, which is not Felix or Oscar, he puts these cards down. He says, what have you got, Oscar? But Oscar is asleep. He's sitting up, but his, hand is, his head is on his hand, and he's sitting up. The man wakes him up. Oscar says, who's dealing? The man looks at Oscar's card, sees he's got three fours, and he says, you win again. So this man, whose name we will later learn is Salty, no last name for now. We get his last name later, which is a bit of a pun. And he's played by Phil Leeds, who we've already met in our podcast. He was in our first, the first episode we talked about was the pen is the miter and the pencil. And he, he, of course, has his classic role as Al Cattleman, as everybody knows. When they think the of man is going to blow the lid off the upholstery business. Exactly. Uh, we covered his resume in that first episode. So um, if you listen to that, you'll hear our, our brief review of his resume. This is actually the first of his three episodes. That was the second. And in season four, we will see him again in The Moonlighter. Oscar says, okay, this time the game's really over. Salty says, you're going to send me home without giving me a chance to get even? This is not the Oscar I know, which would imply they've, on, they've known each other for a long time. But Oscar says they just they never met before last night. Oscar says he forgot who Salty came with. And Salty says, my friend, what's his name? Which is an odd response. I, I guess he either came with somebody he also didn't know, because that seems to be this guy's vibe. Otherwise, it's weird not to know who you came to your, some random poker game with. Uh, well, I, I kind of like, yeah, he, I love how he's introduced as a kind of mysterious figure. Like Oscar's wakes up and there's a, he's a stranger at his table playing poker with him. And apparently the night before there were four or five guys there and he wakes up and there's only one guy left and he doesn't even know who he came with, how he got there. And he doesn't have an answer to that question. So I love already we get this, this image of salty as the kind of like, a <laughs> uh, uh, professional rogue gambler who just like re travels around, hovers around town looking for any game he could be a part of. And apparently he's really bad. He loses a lot because Oscar but, can be literally beat him in his sleep. But later we find he can also win a lot. 
Yes. Oscar wants Salty to go home, but Salty wants one more hand. Oscar says Salty has no money, no chips, no paper to write IOUs with. And by the way, on that pile of chips we saw in the opening uh, shot, there are also two IOUs on that. Yeah, so is box. that he just doesn't have any left? Or? I guess he's got no chips and no money. He's just IOUs. Um, so at this point, we hear uh, Felix honking. And we'll play the rest of the scene from there. It's time to quit. One and one. Look at that. Phoenix is waking up. It's a 730 hunt. I set my watch by his nose. I bet his nose is fast. Who is this? What's going on here? Look at this room. It's like the bottom of a river. Come on, Oscar. Is the game still going on? Who is this man? I don't know. He's a friend of somebody's. Everybody's a friend of somebody's. You want to sing? Good morning, sir. My name is Felix Unger. Oh, pleased to meet you. Come on, Oscar. We'll deal him in. Deal him in? What are you going to deal him in when you got nothing to bet? Yes, I do. When, when did Chinese food come in here? One o'clock this morning. I was hoping I wouldn't have to do this, but I'm putting up golden earrings. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 not his wife's jewelry. So, do you know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing. Okay. Oscar, Oscar, no. You're losing against golden earrings, okay? Oscar, you're sinking as low as a man can sink. What up, will you, Felix? Okay, five-card showdown. Yeah, what have you got? Pair of threes. How about a hand of casino? <laughs> One more deal, Oscar, I feel lucky. Game Oscar. is over. Just stop, just stop. I'll play it for my contact lenses. Ow, no, no, I'll catch a high card for Will you get out of my life? Fifty for my hat. Out. My coat. Goodbye. My coat. So nice to meet you, Felix. Likewise. What are you clucking for, Chicken Little? <laughs> You're the perfect host, aren't you? You take everything a man owns, then you throw him out. If I had any strength left, I'd throw you out too. You should have seen the look in your eyes when you took his wife's jewelry. What jewelry? Golden earrings is a dog. A dog. You took a man's pet? Not a pet, a professional racing dog. Felix and his own mind. Look. So, uh, a couple things about that clip. I, I left the 730 honk. I set my watch to his <laughs> nose. That's funny. Um, I also like when he says, you're going to sing. When he says everybody needs somebody. Or everybody Which, of has course, a yeah. a reference to... I don't know. Vintage TV history. I I take it that the laugh is because they're it's a, a referencing everybody loves somebody. Everybody wants somebody who loves you, right? What's the Dean Martin song? Oh, everybody I, loves somebody sometimes. Dean That's Martin. Sorry. Hey, I don't consider TV history trivia. Even the though Dean Martin show. Yeah, the I know the Dean, Dean Martin, Martin had a long show. show. That is not a show. Well, you've never watched. I mean, where have you <laughs> seen that show? I watched it while I was watching the Odd Couple as a kid. It was they used to show reruns yeah. on, I believe, on Channel Eleven. Maybe uh, they were the roasts. You talking about the roasts? No, I'm talking about the variety show, oh. the Dean Martin show, I... the 50s, where his he came out at the beginning of every show singing "Everybody Loves Somebody." Oh, okay, sometime. all right, now I get it. You've you've stumped me on a piece of TV trivia. How about that? Whoa! I' gonna take a breath and take in the moment. Uh, but do you do you buy that, that that now that you know the song does that sound yes. like 
Yes. Well, I knew I, I assumed he was referencing some sort of song, but I didn't I don't think I pinpointed nor did I research what the song was. So yes. Speaking of music, however, the, the weird thing I found was that music they play when they say golden earrings, it sounds very maudlin. Yeah. Well, there's a good reason for that. Which it's is because um that it is I believe, or at least a close uh, facsimile of the famous song or once was famous song, Golden Earrings, from a movie, a 1947 movie called Golden Earrings, which we will hear later in the show when Felix sings it, sings a bar from it or so. Um, but I, they, once they came up with that name for the dog, they, they milk it because it is a very schmaltzy uh, gypsy-esque song it's a it's a gypsy story and they cre hollywood created some very schmaltzy uh tune to go with it a song it was a hit song at the time i believe and uh so that's the sad music that keeps getting played throughout the episode i know that felix does later sing part of that song i didn't know that was the music from the movie so i guess that that makes sense it's just i don't think if you don't know that it sounds like yeah you're supposed to be very upset about everything going on too upset. Yeah. Well, again, I think they're they're counting on the audience of 1970, especially yes. the older audience, remembering a hit, a somewhat minor hit song from 23 years earlier. I actually, the research I have says it was it was re-recorded so many oh, times. Okay. It's more than a Great. minor hit, but I don't know the yeah. song. So you're right. But it's it, probably that a, is, it's like it's supposed to be like a very sentimental schmaltzy song. So it's not necessarily tragic, just kind of tinged with sadness. As is Felix's relationship with the dog, as we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this episode is not super uplifting. It's actually, yeah. it, it bothers me in certain ways too. I don't like shows where animals are the feature. I, I don't know. So I, I guess I kind of relate to that too. It's also a weird place where they go to credits. Like, it's just a, it's a weird, it's not a natural break to the credits. So the next scene after the credits, we're in the offices of what the sign in the room says, Dog City Incorporated Boarding and Grooming. There are men with like doctor type robes walking around inspecting a dog. Felix and Oscar come in. They're asked to wait. We see chairs and filing caps, cabinets, a big counter, trophies and pictures of a dogs on the wall, which is important to know for later. Felix says, poor dog, he's going to miss his master. Oscar says, racing dogs aren't like regular dogs. You don't put them in a kennel. You put them in a kennel and race them. Felix says it's inhuman. Oscar says we're not dealing with humans. And Felix says, no, we're not. Pointing out that the treatment of dogs like this are by inhuman people. Oscar says they treat the dogs nicely. But Felix says, what about somebody to love them, to stroke their backs and scratch them? And says, nice doggy, nice. Oscar says, how many people have that? A man comes out and says, what can I do for you? Felix asks if he is the owner, which is a fair question. And the man says, no, I'm a Cocker Spaniel. What do you want? This mm -hmm. guy is an asshole. What type of customer service <laughs> is this? Who Felix asks, are you the owner? And the guy should say, yes, how may I help you? This guy is a jerk. I would not want my dog in this kennel. What, a, what an ass. Uh, so he is played by a man named Buddy Lester, who was a noted nightclub comic. At the time, fairly successful. He opened for Sinatra. He was in Ocean's Eleven, the original one, the original Naughty Professor, and he did a fair amount of TV in the 60s. So I think the audience of the time was supposed to recognize that this was 
Buddy Lester. I, I think it was not just some random actor. Uh, Oscar says he's the owner of Garrett of a uh, Golden Earrings, but the man says he only knows numbers, not names. And when Felix is surprised he can't recognize dogs by names, the man says he has 1,200 dogs here and only knows numbers. And he has trouble remembering his kids' names. While Oscar is searching for the paper from Salty with the number on it, we hear Felix mutter, what did you name them? Referring to his kids, 56, 72. Oscar hands him the piece of paper and he does somehow recognize 724. Like, I always found this weird. He goes <laughs> and looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, 724. We've got 1,200 dogs, and you know 724. <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, and then he goes to some sort of, like, gray intercom phone. Obviously, it's some piece of high tech from the 70s. Uh, and he says, Frank, send up 724. Felix says to Oscar, this, the man's picture should be posted in every pet shop in the country. If he had it his way, we'd all be in cages with a number. And Oscar says, with my luck, I'd be 10 and you'd be 11. Frank comes up, who brings in this rather large greyhound. They both say, look at him. Oscar says it thrilled because he looks like a racehorse type of appearance. Look at those legs. But Felix says, look at him horrified at how skinny he is and says, look at those ribs. The man asks Oscar if he's a new owner. Oscar says, yes. And the man says that will be $400 which is almost $2,500 today. That's the uh, fees that Salty owed on the kennel. Oscar says, that dirty two-bit chiseler. And Felix says, what did I tell you about letting strange people in the house? And Oscar says, you think I would have learned after you. Hmm. Oscar says he doesn't have that kind of money and asks if he can pay off for the month. The man says that he can't get that kind of dog if he doesn't have that kind of money. And it's not a Jeep. You can't pay it off by the month. Oscar says he can raise, a, raise about $200. And then goes into his pocket to get $200 on cash. So I have two things about that. <laughs> if you go into your pocket to pull out money immediately, you are not raising money. Raising money implies you have to go to a bank and in a couple of weeks, you'll get the money. So the use of, yeah. I know why Oscar says raise because he's used to never having money. And also you raise in poker, but that is the wrong, you don't raise money by pulling out your pocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like maybe he's using the term in a very loose way or perhaps an, a kind of antiquated way or uh, out of date usage of that word meaning like i can pull together or cobble together from what, from what i have right here but uh i don't know why he said that no and then who has 200 hours in their pocket in 1971 but can't get another 200 hours somewhere else like that's a lot of money to carry <laughs> around with you and have nothing else available well, you don't want to always carry the maximum amount, you know? Right. So I, uh, I hope you and I carry a very little of what we actually can raise yeah. in our pocket. <laughs> so he should be able to get another $200. You're saying he, this implies he doesn't even have it in the bank or wherever. Like he I'm could go and come back, presumably, I'm, right? Yes, or it's a just a logical inconsistency in the shows. And I see Felix – oh, sorry. We're not, I don't want to skip ahead, but – when the person who gives him the money, the rest well, of the I'm money, about to say it, so you could say it. <laughs> Felix, of course, has to end up uh, ends up volunteering to chip in, and they yeah. become partners, of course. But Felix writes a check, and it's interesting that Oscar is does not have a check option somehow. Right, I can, I know, we know Oscar's finances are loosey goosey, and he's got a, well, they both have alimony, but it's just weird. He's got two hundred dollars in his pocket. Uh, so the man says – so Felix says he will give the other $200, which will make him half owner. Oscar's excited, but then realizes – he says, what's the catch? 
Jilk says the catch is they take him home, give him the food and love he hasn't been getting here. And then the surly man with no customer service skills says, look, Father Flanagan, I don't have time to take this noise from civilians. Again, uh, not a guy should be interacting with pet owners. And just for the people who don't know, Father Flanagan is a reference to the real-life priest who founded Boys Town and was played by Spencer Tracy in a film of the same name. And is kind of an iconic figure of charity and helping the suffering and Oscar tells him not to mind Felix. He's an animal freak. He tries to break up wars between two anthills. And Oscar agrees that they will be joint owners. So now we have establishing shot of Park Avenue, and we cut to Felix and Oscar bringing Golden Earrings home. So how did they get Golden Earrings home? Did they bring him on the subway, which I guess is possible? Did they take a cab, which I don't think could happen? Did they walk, which is possible if the boarding house was nearby? Oscar says he isn't sure about keeping a racing dog in an apartment, which is a smart thing to say. That actually, I'm glad they address it because it does seem weird to have this in the apartment. Uh, Felix point out, points out that um, so Felix starts pointing out things to the dog. Here's Uncle Oscar's desk, uh, the television set where they can watch Lassie together. And I should point out that at this point in 1971, Lassie was in its 17th and final season on CBS, so a very, very well-known, popular, long-lived show at the time, and actually had two more seasons afterwards to go in syndication. Uh, After seeing Felix act like this with the dog, Oscar says, now I know we should have put him in a kennel. Felix says, no chance, and adds that the landlord was very happy to have him here too, which, uh, you know, doesn't really make sense to me. We both have, you know know what it's like living in New York. But then Oscar points out that, sure, for $50. For $100, he let us keep an alligator. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. they addressed that because it would be another nitpick if the dog just showed up in the house and there was no, like, repercussions. Felix then shows Jen uh, uh, Golden Earrings the sofa and says that's a no-no and then shows him the kitchen and how beautiful it is and this is where his food and water will be. Oscar says he better show him where the bathroom is. And from there, we get this clip. What what does my big boy want? Your big boy wants to go outside. No, no, that is not I want to go outside. That is, will you get me a drink of water, Uncle Felix? (laughs) Will you get me a drink of water, Uncle Felix? Yes, you want some water? I'll get it for you because I love you. (laughs) Would you two like to be alone? I am not ashamed to lavish a little affection on this love-starved animal. This is not a lap dog. He's an athlete, a pro. Don't you like this dog? I don't know. All dogs are different. Like people are different. I never met a dog I didn't like. (laughs) I'm sure they speak very highly of you, too. (laughs) Felix, of course we're going to race the dog. You know, we'll be nice to him, but we should race him because it's a lot of fun. You make a lot of money. Ah, money. What about him? Him is a dog, a professional dog, different from other dogs. I know about that difference. They make them chase a rabbit around a metal circle. It's terrible. No, they don't make them chase a rabbit. They love to do it. That's what they were born to do. How do you know? Were you there in the box seat in the creation in the beginning of Greyhounds? Were you? (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. The dog wants his drink. Your own cereal bone? You won't even let me use it. Golden earrings. Where are you, golden earrings? Maybe he doesn't like the way you kiss. Come out, come out, wherever you are. I better get a doggy whistle. Where are you? Where are you? Oh, no, no, 
Oscar. They say that if a dog singles out something of yours, that means that he likes you. He likes me all over my room, right? No, not all over. He just got a little bit nervous. Why my room? Maybe he wanted to pick out a place nobody would notice. I guess that's the Golden Earrings music again. Yes, because it's it's a sad, sad happening. What what the dog did in Oscar's room. So uh, the thing I think there's a mistake in this. I think there's a like a I think something happened wrong in that clip. I think when um, Felix says "wawa" and Oscar does his repeating, you know, Jack Klugman does that repeating. He says. Uh, get me a drink of water, Uncle Felix. I I assumed Jack Hogan would say Wawa, not water. Yeah. Felix repeats Came out it as water, yeah. Yeah, I think that was supposed I think it would have been funnier if we are maybe able. Jack Hogan just felt too silly saying Wawa. But that's the whole point of repeating it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, yes. All right. So the next scene, Oscar's trying to see how fast golden earrings can chase after a toy rabbit. Uh, but general general. I, I put GE when I was <laughs> typing this up because I didn't want to type golden earrings and I keep thinking General Electric. Hey, but, I kept thinking you were talking about me because those are my initials. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Very but confusing. Golden, golden earrings runs in the other direction towards Oscar's room, which the audience loves. They applaud at that. I guess they think that golden earrings is going to go to the bathroom again. Um, Oscar says, maybe I should have put a foot in it, in the, in the rabbit, um, I guess. Put a, what, what did he mean by that? Put a foot in it. Because it's a toy rabbit, right? That's weird. Maybe he meant a rabbit's foot for good luck. Maybe. He then says, don't like my room so much, like Felix's. The next scene, a cab is pulling up to the awning of 1049 Park Avenue, and Oscar is in the apartment. It's Felix. We learn it's Felix coming home. Oscar's in the apartment trying again, running around the apartment with golden earrings and the toy in front of him as if he's chasing after it like in a real race. And Felix is very excited. They're playing together. And Oscar sarcastically says he's a fun dog because, of course, the point isn't to have fun. The point is to win money. Felix Mm -hmm. pets golden earrings vigorously. And Oscar says, don't pet him like that. You're going to rub the fur off of him. Felix has a bone, which he brought home, and he throws it for golden earrings towards Oscar's room. And Oscar says, not his room. Throw it in your room, Felix's room. And the audience laughs. I think it's too big a laughter at that. It's not that funny. Like these scatological jokes you know, are like, they're not that great. People love doggies doing their doo-doo on, on people's stuff. They so Felix shows what he bought, what else he bought while he was shopping, uh, which is seven leashes with matching collars. And Oscar seems like incredulous that this happens. And Felix asks, would you wear the same suit every day? And then Felix answers his own question and says, yes, you would. Now we have a new scene where Felix shows Oscar a large piece of meat, a large piece of meat that uh, was bought for someone, and here we find out more about that. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, is that for the dog too? Yes. You're kidding. What am I having, kibble? <laughs> the three of us now. You'll have to fend for yourself just a little bit. Oh, come on now, Felix. I know you're a very big, strong, wonderful person. I know you can take constructive criticism. I'm going to be very delicate. Yes. It's the way you're handling the dog. Yes. It's rotten. <laughs> That's delicate. That's constructive. Well, I'll be more specific. It's the way you're feeding him. You're giving him too much. He could use a few pounds. Who wants to see a fat greyhound? <laughs> I mean, 
you're rooting his racing oh, for. that again. Yes, that again. The season starts tomorrow in Boston and Miami. We could be in Boston in an hour. I've told you I will have nothing to do with that barbaric racing. What's barbaric? Taking a dog up to Boston and racing him. It's freezing in Boston now. You'll knit him a sweater. <laughs> You'll be the only Argyle dog on the track where you stop pounding. It's like talking to a shoemaker. Listen, I want to take the dog to Boston and I want an answer. The answer is no. That's not the answer I want. <laughs> Why no? Because you don't love golden earrings. All you want to do is exploit him. See, that's where you're wrong. I do love him. I do love him. And after he wins a couple of purses, I love him more. No! Why no? Listen, half that dog is mine. Fine. Go race your half. My half stays here. So after that scene, we cut to a night shot outside the apartment. We hear the golden earrings music again, which I keep calling Holocaust music because it sounds like Schindler's List. <laughs> well, it kind of does. But, you know, just both Hollywood schmaltz is what they have in common. Uh, then we get a rare shot from the hallway looking out into the living room and we see Oscar sneaking out with golden earrings and we see some, for the first time, I think we see, or maybe it's in season, well, in the season one, doesn't matter, but we see some of the uh, framed items on the wall of the hallway, which just seem to be random. Oh yeah. Props. We never, that's like a, uh, uh, they had to create like a backdrop for like, the camera's never there. Right. So it's a, it's just a, it's an unusual shot. And uh, Felix honks as they are leaving, I, I guess because he's asleep. He's honking while going to sleep or sleeping. Uh, Oscar tells the dog, but really the audience, that they're going to Miami and not Boston. The dog does not appear to want to go. And it's hard to tell if this is the way he was supposed to be because uh, Jack Klugman maybe ad-libs or Oscar says, don't look back, which seemed to me like an ad-lib. It, it wasn't, I don't think the dog, dog looks like he wanted to go back to the apartment. And I, I felt it was like not intentional or not what the production had hoped for. Well, can I say at this point that I think, and despite what you said about your uneasiness with the animal performers, I, I was actually very impressed with the golden earrings as an actor. Uh, I agree. You know, I agree he, with that. It's actually yes. very expressive. They, they got him to move his head and just the right, like he actually, I think, yeah, maybe Klugman did ad lib that because it really was in response to the dog's movements and, uh, Dog's very attentive. Like it's just, it's a real character in the show. So he says, uh, Oscar says, uh, Uncle Oscar's going to buy him some Wawa. So here he says Wawa, which again, mm -hmm. I think reinforces that. I think that's what Jack Klugman was supposed to say earlier. And if he won some races, he's going to buy him some champagne Wawa. So we go to commercial and we see a plane landing and a shot of a leaderboard at Flagler, Flagler Kennel Club, which is a real Gracehound track in Miami. Oh. Uh, although I did some research, I mean, it seems to be a, a real track still. I thought there'd be like a web page for it or a lot about it, and it wasn't as much well, as I thought. But I if think there is real. still dog racing, it's kind of not. It's kind of a <laughs> not with it kind well, of sport. I yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Something about Flagler Flagler is now more about live events, and, and yeah, Oscar walks in wearing a Hawaiian shirt and asks if Mel is around. He walks into the to the, uh, I guess, registration area of, um, of the kennel. Man says, I'm Mel, and Oscar introduces himself and says he called last night about his dog. Now, Mel is played by Herbie Fay, who was on six episodes of The Oz Couple. This is his first. If you recognize him, he's, as an Odd Couple fan, he's better known as playing the super in some episodes later in the show. 
and I do recognize him when I, I, I kept thinking this guy looks familiar when I looked it up and realized he played the super in two episodes. Like, oh yeah, that's where I know him from. He was a very busy character actor of the 60s and 70s. He was also on 139 episodes of the Phil Silver Show along with Billy Sands, who almost married Blanche a few weeks ago. So there, clearly there's a, there's a connection there between a lot of these people on the show. Nell says he loves Oscar's column and everything is set for him. Nell says Golden Earrings is in the fourth race, but only if another dog cannot run. Oscar asks if he can tell one of the other dogs that he's out because he came all the way from New York City. And Nell says, what do you want me to do, lie to a dog? And also everyone else came from New York City. So like Oscar's nothing special. Nell says he'll see what he can do. Nell says that Golden Earrings used to be one of the greatest uh, and in 1969, he won $15,000 in purses, which was the last time he won a purse. He did not win in 1970 and 71 because of butterflies. Oscar says, oh, he gets nervous, but Mel says, no, he chased them. While the other dogs were chasing the rabbit, Golden Earrings was chasing butterflies. Sometimes he caught one. Oscar is not pleased at this news and says, does he have any other good news to tell him sarcastically? And Mel says, yes, there's a $50 entrance fee. Oscar says, if there are any scratches, he'll be in the clubhouse. Let him know. Oh, by the way, uh, this set where he's talking to Mel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same set as the dog grooming facility. It was it's, so obvious. They didn't and even move so the trophies. Lame. Yes. <laughs> the, they didn't decorate the walls differently. No. It's, the, it's the same set. It's the same set. And they it's have, not even in the same city, supposedly. They just they have these trophies <laughs> that are in the same place. So there was very sloppy set decoration here. I mean, clearly... Yeah. They were not prepared to handle, you know, multiple <laughs> sets on their show. On this, well, episode. this is an ambitious episode in that way, as as we can talk about later, right? It's multiple locations, multiple characters, but you know, normally they are not this lame about that. And speaking of that, so Oscar says, if there are any scratches, he'll be in the clubhouse or on the track with the butterfly net. And I think the clubhouse is the same set as the. Uh, the uh, bar from the Hakawoma episode. That's what it the looks Calypso. like to me. Calypso. Yeah. So we cut to a scene in the clubhouse and there's a small bar area and a man in a tuxedo is carrying drinks to some background extras. Oscar's seated at a table and in comes Salty in a new suit and sunglasses. He sees Oscar and goes over to him and Oscar does not recognize him. And Salty says, it's me, Salty Pepper. <laughs> so now we found out his name, which yeah. I'm assuming is not his given name. It's, you know what's pepper. great about it? It's like a Damon Runyon name, you know? I mean, maybe this is kind of a shout out to to that the guys and dolls tradition where you know Damon Runyon wrote all these sto stories from the 40s and 50s about Broadway gamblers. Oscar's surprised at how good Salty looks. Oscar, and Salty says that was his lucky day. After he left Oscar's house, he won $1,100 from a cab driver and has been on a winning streak ever since. He says he bet Oscar thinks he forgot to pay the $400 in kennel fees, and he pulls out a large wad of money and gives Oscar four $100 bills and then two more for the IOUs. Salty's definitely a man of his word, very honest. Yes, very likable character. Oscar asks, how did he win the $1,100? Salty says he bet he would get, he bet the cab driver, the cab driver would get robbed, and then he robbed him, which cracks Oscar's up. So a couple things about that. Is he actually a robber? So he did really rob him? Or did hey, the cab driver did say... Did he have a gun or something? Right. Yeah. Or did he fake it and the cab driver goes, oh, you got me, you scoundrel. <laughs> Let me give you over $1,000. Right. So $1,100 is $6,840 today. Wow. So 
the cab driver has that much money on him and just hands it to Salty, it's completely you farcical. know even for a joke the whole thing is such a weird story but i guess it it, it kind of works on a surreal level well the whole the whole <laughs> point of it is to is to do that vaudevillian joke but it right. of course it makes no sense and also maybe salty for that matter is tells tall tales so mel comes in and says there's a scratch the plane the dog was hijacked the plane the dog was on was hijacked to cuba which is a We've had another, yeah, another again, hijack. Uh, yeah. You know, it's so funny, Ted. This was a big topic, a big problem. <laughs> a it scary was. In thing 70s. in the late yeah. 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And um, yet, I also can remember a Monty Python joke about hijacking to Cuba. It was just like, I mean, not that people didn't take it seriously. I think, you know, in a way, it was like uh, uh, making jokes. Yeah, people make jokes about terrorism now. So, um, but I would, you know, I, I should look this up, but maybe one of our readers could inform us, like, what was the deal with all the hijacking to Cuba? Was this people, tr because of the travel ban, was this pro-Castro hijackers, anti-Castro hijackers? I, I'd love to learn more about that. Uh, send that to Garrett, because I, I don't really care. <laughs> so Mel checks Oscar's ownership papers, and then we see... So you feel like standing in the doorway of the clubhouse with two suitcases wearing a plaid coat. And by the way, I think this is more luggage than they took to Hakaloma. Hock <laughs> yes. Um, so Felix overhears Mel asking Oscar to sign the papers. And Felix says, don't you need two signatures since there's two owners? Oscar asks Felix to sign and says, and Felix says, I should live so long. Oscar asks Mel to come back. He'll either have two signatures or a plaid corpse. <laughs> Uh, so then we're going to play the scene from uh, that moment on. Can I? Oh, before yes, you play ahead. the scene. Yeah. There's a line Felix says when he enters uh, that gets a little bit of a laugh, but it's not really a joke. But it is a reference, a kind of deep cut <laughs> uh, for those who remember. It's a death of a salesman reference. Because he says to Oscar, his first line to Oscar when he comes in is, what happened in Boston, Oscar? Now, what Felix means is that, uh, remember, the Golden Earrings was supposed to race in Boston, and Oscar kind of faked Felix out by going to Miami, knowing that Felix couldn't find him there. So the idea is that Felix, amazingly, right, got on a plane to Boston, couldn't, went looking for Oscar, got back on a plane to Miami. Anyway, that stretches credibility. But it's kind of worth it for just him to come in looking like Willie Loman with all the suitcases, Although in the play, Death of a Salesman, the line is actually said by um, uh, someone else to Willie Loman, what happened in Boston, Willie, because, spoiler alert, that's where Willie had his affair that his son found out about and disillusioned him, and key plot point. So it's one of the less famous lines from Death of a Salesman, but, you know, still a big, big cultural uh, milestone in 1971. So... I appreciated it. It's completely escaped me. As a non it's a deep fan, cut. It's a I'm deep not cut a fan answer. of that play either. So, <laughs> All right, now we'll play the clip. Now that you're here, I know that dog could win. You have a way with him. You talk the same language. Do you know that you have unlimited gall? You'd have been a great used car salesman. <laughs> no, I mean it. Before you came, the dog was sulking. He saw you, he perked right up. He likes me. He's always glad to see me. So what? Uh, it's more than glad to see. You've given him the confidence he needs. He wants to show you how well he can do. Stop it. 
dog napper. Yes, he, he wants to come home for you, a winner. He wants to take a picture with you in the winner's circle. He'll have a wreath around his neck. He doesn't like flowers. How about a wreath? How about a wreath around your neck? How about my fingers around your neck? So, listen, you sign the paper, and I'll make it worth your while. You have the audacity to bribe me? No, I have the money to bribe you. Why is this so important to you? The results of the third race are official. Diamond stick pin is the winner. Oscar, Felix, just won $800. Uh-huh. That's what's so important to you, isn't no. it? Yeah, the money, the money. The only motivation you know is greed. No, Felix. I've always had a dream. You know what it is? You and Tuesday Weld are the sole survivors of a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> oh, no, not that dream. I mean, the sports writer's dream. Look, every young sports writer wants to be Joe Namath. And when you get older, you want to own Joe Namath. See, all my buddies, they want to own the Mets or the Giants, but... See, I never shot for the moon, Felix. All I ever wanted to own was a racehorse. Well, why didn't you? Well, I couldn't afford it. I still can't, so, so I'm down to a greyhound racing dog. Maybe as close as I ever come. You own half my dream, Felix. Just one, just this one, just this one to race, you understand? Yeah, yeah, you're my true friend, anything you want. What do you want? I'll do it for you. Anything? Anything. I want a madras shirt and some Bermuda shorts. You got it, you got it, just something. Better get me some cotton socks. Cotton, yes, I'll get you a support hose signed there. Some nice little sandals? Yes, I open toes, signed right there. Some of that zinc stuff for my nose. Yeah, I know, you burn these. Just sign the name. You think I need a hat? Maybe yeah, I'll get you ostrich feathers that look nice. Just sign the name. I like the way Oscar adds everything after every time Felix says he wants this, yeah. Oscar adds a little thing after that. Uh, but when did Oscar see Golden Earrings and Felix together? He says, when Golden Earrings saw you, he perked up, but Felix just walked into this room. There's no way for them to see the dog together. So that, that was not, that was an inconsistency. Yeah. And then Salty comes by and says, Felix, Oscar, as if he's already seen Felix there. Well, he, oh, there. There. He has met Felix. He's met Felix, but right, but, but he, that is he weird that he he doesn't say, "Oh, Felix, you're here." So and so, he like talks to them like he knew Felix would be there. So yeah. there's some logistical things. There's kind of skipping it. skipping some yes. steps there. Uh, so I think we need to say that a lot of people may not know who Tuesday Weld was anymore. She was a mm -hmm. model and a sex symbol back in the in the day, in the sixties and seventies. She started off really becoming famous on The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, which is a well-known sitcom in the early 60s, then started to do movies, became a bigger star. Cincinnati Kid was one of her bigger titles. She also apparently turned down a lot of big roles. She was married to Dudley Moore for four years. They had a son and also dated many other stars at the time uh, and is now retired. So she was a big deal back then, but not so, so much. But anymore. purely the, the, the reference is insert current sex symbol yes, here exactly uh and um it is it's a funny line because it conjures up yeah this is oscar's dream his uh last man alive you know la a last man on earth scenario where a hot girl has to sleep with him because there are other men it's a yes so strange a, common fantasy we have a new scene oscar's oh, with wait, before we move yes. on sorry yep, yep. one thing i have to say about oscar's beautiful little speech about the uh, his dream right 
um, which Klugman delivers beautifully because it had, it's just on the edge of it's, you can believe Oscar believes this, but he's also playing it for sympathy, pl- trying to manipulate Felix. So he gives it a little more sentimentality. It gives it a little edge. Um, but in real life, this is personal for Klugman because, as uh, if you know anything about his uh, biography, he himself was a self-professed kind of gambling addict, uh, much like the character of Salty Pepper, I think is interesting. Like uh, This is like an incessant, uh, uh, you know, ir- uh, uh, completely compulsive gambler. And uh, he finally, he did, after The Odd Couple, a few years later, purchase his own racehorse who he named Jacqueline Klugman. She was a filly. And I don't, he, I don't get it. You don't get why he would call her Jacqueline Klugman. Okay, I get it. Uh, and he fulfilled, uh, I imagine what is a dream, a big dream of his was he actually entered, she raced in the Kentucky Derby, the 1980 oh. Kentucky Derby. There's, wait, he bought a race horse. Yes. Oh, I thought you said, I was thinking dog still. Okay, I got it. No, well, as Oscar says, like the dog is the compromise right, that right, he right. has to make. But when now, when he after he did Odd Couple and, and when he was doing Quincy and he had the money, he fulfilled this dream of uh, owning a racehorse and racing her in the Kentucky Derby, which she did not win. But um, That's still I remember, big. I even remember that at the time because I was a big fan of Jack Logan, of course, and the Odd Couple. And uh, and the, got a lot of publicity. That was she was clearly the most famous horse in that race. Let's right, because of him. So we have a new scene where Oscar's with Salty, and it's fifteen time, fifteen minutes to post time. They see in some piece of paper that Golden Earrings is a ninety-nine to one odds, and Salty says Salty says that Golden Earrings is coming out of a slump, and Salty's going to bet two hundred dollars on him. Oscar says he would do the same and pray for a fast butterfly. Felix comes bounding in in that entire getup that he wanted. He's got a new modern <laughs> shirt, new shorts. Another great Felix sportsman outfit. Yeah, we later his, see he's wearing beach outfit. socks and sandals and says they have to hurry. Oscar says that's a great fit and right off the dummy, referring to his outfit. Felix says they have to choose a racing color and number for golden earrings. Oscar says Felix should take care of that while Oscar places the bets. Felix says no, Oscar will blame him if he loses because he chose the wrong color and number. Salty offers to place the bet for Oscar. Oscar asks Felix if he wants to bet on his own dog. And now Felix says yes. So Salty asks one or two, of course, meaning 100 or 200. Felix says two and gives Salty $2, to which Salty says this could really tilt the odds. <laughs> so now we hear Felix trying to pick the number and color for Golden Ear. Help me choose a number and a color for golden earrings. I just pick a number. That's well, all. uh, yeah. Uh, come on, any number. Uh, <laughs> um, four. Four. four no, four, no, no. I, I don't like four. Four is. I don't know. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't like four. Uh, one. One. No, no. One. One is so lonely. Um, come on, you must have a number. Six, maybe. Six. No, no. I don't. I don't like six. Uh, don't you have a favorite number? No, no. I never had a favorite number. Isn't that funny? When I was a kid, all the kids had a favorite number and a lucky number. I never right, had any. Tell me a number you hate. 68. 68? That's yeah. a good number to hate. All right, 68, 6 made it. Two, 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 two. Wait, wait, wait. Choose a color. Color, all right. Pick any color. Come on. Come on. Uh, oh, isn't this terrible when you have to name when you can? Uh, Come on. Pick a primary color. There was so many. Why? I can't. Blue. Blue. No, no, no. No, he doesn't like blue. What? The rug on my bedroom is blue. We like blue. <laughs> Well, yellow then. Yellow. Oh, yellow's, no, 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 no. Yellow is too cowardly. Well, come I, on, I, any kind. The trouble with blue is that it, it's not basic enough. That it's black. Black is basic. 
Maybe we could have two colors, black and blue. Those are the colors you're going to be if you don't make up your mind. <laughs> All right, um, well, yeah, brown. brown. You don't like brown. Yeah, I like no, brown. No, no, yeah, you, no, you don't. Like we'll brown. take the opposite of brown, purple. The opposite of brown is purple. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's, what's our number now? Two, 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 two. So this is my favorite scene in this in this <laughs> episode because it's so nonsensical and they spend so much time on it, but it's so funny just to watch Tony Rana go through all these Felix-like overthinking of things. It just it's meaningless, but it's funny. Yeah, and um, it is to me. It sounds like a one of the another one of these scenes that they could have very well developed on through improvisation. Like it's 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 not very scripted. Yeah. It feels, and uh, they're working like a great comedy team. I mean, this is like an Abacostello kind of chemistry where it's just all about Felix's obsessiveness and, uh, you know, and, and uh, nitpicking, right? And f- uh, fussiness and Oscar just trying to be practical and move on. And one, it, I think what you're referring to is that it's kind of pointless because eventually we find out none of this matters. Exactly, none of it matters. So it's, it's fun that they take like a whole minute out of the show just to, to do a little comedy bit that ends up being pointless. I also don't think Oscar's rug is blue. I think in Surprise, Surprise, I we keep, saw it was not yeah. blue. I thought so. What, what did, the joke in that one was like the original color. Yeah, I, I can't. Blue. No, I think he says the original color was blue, but the brown is the oh, stain. So maybe that's right then. So we cut to Felix and Oscar seeing golden earrings being brought out for the race, but he's wearing number seven in white and green. So it's got nothing to do with (laughs) what Felix was looking for. And Mel says, this is what they get. So Felix and Oscar talk to golden earrings. Felix is trying to support him emotionally. while Oscar just keeps saying, win. Felix starts to sing. Now there's a story that gypsies know is true. That's when your love wears golden earrings and she belongs to you. So this is the now song we've been talking about. I, and I invite uh, listeners to, if they watch the episode, you can take that song, compare it to the underscoring music from the other scenes, and it should match up. So the movie Golden Earrings from 1947 starred Ray Milland and Marlena Dietrich. And the song in the movie was sung by an actor named Mervyn Vi, Fi, Vi, V-Y-E. This was his first film, apparently. And the song has been covered by 50 different artists, according to my research. Whoa. Peggy Lee. Bobby Darren and Willie Nelson. Oscar says to Felix after while he's singing, I hope a gypsy bites him. <laughs> so next we see footage of dogs racing. And to the credit, there is a number seven in the race, which maybe there always is, but it does not look like golden earrings, the one oh, we've okay. seen. Uh, yeah. After the race, we see Felix all excited at how alive and beautiful golden earrings was. Oscar says he was last. Salty comes in and is also excited and says, congratulations, he was right up there in the pack. Oscar says he was ninth in a field of eight. Salty says, this time he caught the butterfly and got back into the race. Oscar says he can't get his $200 back and he has to go back to the dream with Tuesday Weld and the (laughs) H-bomb. So now Golden Earrings comes in and Felix says he has never seen him so happy. Salty is happy too. Oscar says, these guys are happy and I'm miserable. Felix says Oscar was right. Golden Earrings has racing in his blood, while Oscar says he needs a transfusion. (laughs) Felix says, don't sulk. Today is a turning point. Oscar says the only turning point for him is when he became a loser, meaning the, I guess he means himself, and Golden Earrings. Felix says that dog loves to race, and he's going to race him. Oscar says, I'll bet you beat him. (laughs) I love that joke, yeah. Felix asks Salty, where do I go with him? What do I do? Salty says there's a circuit, Miami, Boston, Mexico, Arizona. But Salty says if he wants to sell him, he'll, he'll be interested. And Oscar gets very excited. So Salty offers $1,000, which is $6,200 today. 
Felix agrees, but on one condition. Oscar says $1,000 is a great condition. Mm-hmm. Felix says that Salty has to love him and take good care of him and never bet him in a card game. Salty gives his word of honor and then asks if he wants to go double or nothing. Oscar says, get out of here. So Salty leaves and Oscar gives Felix his $450. Felix says, where's my other 50? And Oscar says he's wearing it. Yes, <laughs> Oscar paid for this getup. Crazy outfit. So we have a tag. We're back in the apartment. Felix is cleaning up, putting ashes in a brown paper bag. He finds potato chips behind a pillow. Then he finds a meat bone, some sort of bone with meat on it, behind another pillow, which, of course, is a remembrance of golden earrings. Felix kisses it goodbye. Oscar comes in, sees Felix is sad, and he says he misses golden earrings and wish he left, he left him something to remember him by. Oscar says, you want something to remember him by, I'll give you, you want something to remember him by, I'll give you my bedroom rug. Again, people love the poop jokes, dog poop. That's the end of the episode. I am not a fan of this episode. I find it <laughs> contrived. I don't find the dog jokes very funny. I think the whole idea that they said, let's do a, let's, like, why get all this trouble, by the way, of getting a greyhound onto a set mm-hmm. to do this? I just find this unnecessarily complicated and distracting and such a random topic. I, I, maybe there's some combination of the fact that Jack Klugman loves gambling and Tony Randall loves pets and animals that they found it a way to kind of bring their passions together. But I give it two and a quarter. Yes. I'm going down to quarter stars. Wow. You're cutting Murray into four now. Yes. So two and I a quarter. I felt bad cutting him in half. Stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, there's some amusing jokes. I think Phil Leeds is really unlike, uh, what's his name from the Blanche episode, Billy Sands, who ruined that episode. Like, he made an episode <laughs> that I thought was good, for me, worse. Uh, Phil Leeds makes a not great episode, a quarter star. That quarter star is because of Phil uh, Is for Phil. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, Ted, I, 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 I like this one better than you did. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not one of the all-time greats. But I'd give it a good three and a half Murrays, maybe even three and three quarters. Um, if I were cutting them into four today, um, uh, I think I like, I mean, they, I think if you have a problem with the animal episodes, yes, this is not for you, but that didn't bother me. I kind of like the premise because again, it brings like, uh, it's like the football episode where it's like Felix, Oscar has to kind of teach Felix about something about sports and then Felix gets really passionate about it, but in a crazy way, that's very much his own and gets carried away with it. You know, as, as he does here, he gets too involved, too passionate, too uh, uh, caring for golden earrings to really let him win and let him uh, you know, be able to handle it. So I think that works well. Uh, Phil Leeds is great. He's so charming in this episode. It's such a great character because, you know, he, he could be really skeevy and uh, a suspicious gambler, but he's just a, he's a gambling addict who just loves it and never gets down no matter how much he loses. And the fact that he comes back in the way he does is great and uh he's just so uh, you know he he's, he exudes uh uh charm and warmth so it's, it's not a good feeling in this episode for me it said lots of good feeling in this episode for you is that what you said yeah yeah oh. yeah I, I, yeah all right well, although i i could do without the the dog dog poop uh, jokes yeah yeah they were they were a little i mean i don't i i'm into 
had as anyone else. I just thought they were it's the same joke kind of crammed into four. Yeah, they they do it like quickly. five times. Yeah, yeah. And it make and the tag is really lame because they can't come up with another one. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just uh the not satisfied this episode. But not all of them can be fantastic. There are gonna be some clunkers. Or in my view, you obviously don't see the clunkers, so that that is what it is. All right. Well that's it for our coverage of this episode. Uh, reminder to please give us uh, some ratings on uh, iTunes. Uh, hopefully they're good. And if you have feedback, you can reach us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, and remember, Garrett, that brown is the opposite of purple. <laughs> Don't forget to have your Wawa, Ted. Goodbye, everybody.